Hello, hello, and welcome to Your Life Against the Grain, the show where we interview those who take risks and accomplish only what some dream. Scott and Abby here. Here we go. Welcome to the show. We are so glad to have Jackie, a friend and fellow warrior. Jackie is a country boy from Oklahoma with a whole lot of life lessons learned from the farm. After running a bank for 28 years, God told him it's time to move on. What? Yep, he did it. Jackie moved on. Jackie is the chief encouragement officer, CEO. He's an author, coach, real estate investor, and agent, and a one-man quote machine. Here we are with Jackie. So excited to have you here today, Jackie. I'm honored, Scott and Abby. Glad to be a part of this awesome team and uh, look forward to, to our interview today. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, just great having you here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, Abby. So some of the things uh, that we want to know, kind of look under the hood and we want to ask, what made you want to live your life against the grain at such an early age? I think it's my farm experience, Abby. I started doing chores when I was seven years old. I grew up on a small hog and dairy farm here in Oklahoma. Mm. And, you know, back when I grew up, the dairy farm was kind of your monthly cash flow. If you think about it, a, a farmer gets paid twice a year if he's lucky, you know, hay crops, uh, grain, so forth and so on. So my dad, uh, he started a dairy farm in the 1950s, started out with four milk cows, grew to herd of 40. He also started out with Poland China pigs. That is a breed of pig and had papers on them. Dad was able to raise some of the best in the nation. In 1969, he was a president of the Poland China Association. And I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how do you know that little bitty pig is going to be a national champion? He said, son, I don't know. I just have it in me. And so I've got two brothers that have carried that tradition on. I did not get the pig gin, by the way, Abby and Scott, so I'll let you know that right now. <laughs> but I did love the dairy cows. And I tell people, you know, I've been, uh, I've done a lot of things in my life. And I've actually adopted the quote, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Because I've had to learn how to be flexible all my life. And I tell people I got my real education in the dairy barn. And one guy told me one time at the bank, he said, Jackie, I have respect for you. And I said, you do? He said, yeah, I worked at a co-op. And I don't know if that was in Nebraska somewhere in one of the northern states there. And, and he said, you know, those guys come in big tractors. He said, you actually had to work, you know, twice a day. Started at 3.30 in the morning. When I was 14 years old, uh, I traded with my, with my older brother, Bart. I have three brothers. Bart's my oldest. I'm the middle boy, and Bobby's the, the baby. And uh, I'm six years older than Bobby, and Bart's nine years older than Bobby. And so Bart and I were closer in age, so we, I think we got to experience more of the work than Bobby did, although he did work. But the dairy cows were, were gone and sold by the time he got big enough to milk cows. So I wasn't too bright. I traded with my brother one weekend. He went to see a buddy of his, and I did all the hogs and all the cows. And when he got back, because he was milking the cows, he did not like milking the cows. He loved the hogs. So we traded. I thought it was a great trade, except for that first week when I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right? Drive, yeah, that's pretty early. Fourteen years. Just imagine 14 years old. Now you're getting up at 3.30 in the morning. And Dad would not let us have a four-wheeler or a motorcycle. And all that noise will scare him. They'll run through a, a fence. So they were always at the south end of my grandma's farm. That's a half mile one way down. 3.30 in the morning. I'd get the cows up and you can almost, you know, the, the pros are in the front and the rookies are in the back and they call it the herd mentality, right? So in that way, every day, I mean, you can almost number them one, two, three, four, five. 
And it took me about two hours to milk. Uh, I got home about time to get cleaned up. My mom would have breakfast and uh, I would catch the school bus. And guess what? At 3.30 in the afternoon, I got to do it all over again. And it's seven days a week. Yeah, those uh, cows need milk no matter (laughs) what day it is. Those udders, they're screaming if you're not milking them soon. (laughs) That's so true, you know. And and by the way, cows cows don't give milk. You earn every drop, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze them for everything they're worth. Absolutely. (laughs) So to answer your question, Abby, that's that's how I think it started. You know, my dad... uh, I sent a picture to Scott earlier. I, I thought I was raised by John Wayne. My dad, he had a big old Stetson. And a lot of people see, I, I, your dad reminds us a lot of John Wayne. So when I was seven years old, I started chores. And one day he said, Jackie, go build a pig pen. I said, Dad, I don't know how. He said, you'll figure it out. So I tried, Abby, and I was telling Scott this earlier, and I said, my first rendition was not very well. And I was kind of sniffing around and said, Dad, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, well, try this and this and send me back out there. And I, I did it till I got it right. And he was teaching me to solve problems. And that's pretty much all I've done all my life to solve problems. And uh, one day when I was at the bank, I had to solve some kind of employee issue. And I thought of dad. He was alive and he's in heaven now. I lost him in December 2016. But his legacy lives on. And so I thought about dad. I called him up one day. He said, what are you doing? And I said, well, dad, I thought about you. He said, you did? And I said, yeah. I said, dad, I told him that story. Remember, I was a little boy. He told me to go to pick a pen. And I kept at it till I got it right. And it's what I realized you were teaching me to solve problems. I said, guess what? And then during that time, I said, the bank pays me to solve problems. He started laughing. He said, well, I guess that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great cool. story. Going from a farm to a bank, you did real estate. But either way, you look at it, you're solving problems left and right. And that skill from the udders transferred over to the banking industry and to houses. <laughs> Absolutely. And so... These experiences in life, you know, one thing leads to another. And I, that's why I've had to learn how to be so flexible in my life. I've had so much change, Scott and Abby. And it's like all of us, you know. Uh, if there's one thing that's given, it will change. And you better be ready for it. Yeah. And Jackie, so you uh, call yourself Chief Encouragement Officer, which, by the way, I love. And does that come from your dad or what do you think? Where's that all kind of wound up in? Because it sounds like, and it's beautiful here to tell stories about your dad. Um, you had a great relationship with him. You think that comes from him? Or was it more your mom? Yeah, my dad, he was always very, very positive. Um, I just have it in me. Uh, <clears throat> I just figured out over the years, I, I'm an encourager. That's my calling. Mm. And I'll tell you where I got the CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer from is Truett Cathy. I was a good friend of mine, Dr. Kelly Brown in Oklahoma City, uh, an amazing guy. He's written books, and, and he's somebody I look up to. And, and uh, I had lunch with him when I left the bank. I left the bank in December 2019, and, and uh, I'm working on a book right now, and I wanted to talk to Dr. Kelly Brown because he's written five of them and got his advice. He said, Jack, if you want to be a CEO, you ought to be a chief encouragement officer. And he told me about that book, and that's where I got it from Truett Cathy. I said, I'm going to adopt that. I think that's good. That is great. True, Kathy, obviously from the Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, yes. Big name. So I love Scott and Abby being an encourager. I had a guy mm-hmm. send me the other day a, a little thing. He said, the world is full of critics. We need encouragers. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. Absolutely. So true. You can even yeah. hear it in your voice. You're just nice to talk to. You're, Thank you have you. that pleasant, joyful uh, voice. So I know our Thanks. listeners will appreciate that too. <laughs> Well, thank you, Abby. That's very kind. 
Part of the story here, Jack, is that my wife and and you are are part of the Ziegler uh, coaching organization. And Mimi early on told me, you, you got to get to know this Jackie guy. And so uh, that ended up in a phone call and you were with your father-in-law, which was a, another very special, neat relationship, just the way you guys go back and forth. Yes, and, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, just tell us about that. Cause I, I also have a great relationship with my father-in-law and it's, it's very special, very important to me. Well, I'm honored to, to talk about this man. His name's Paul Howard. He's a professional cowboy. He was, a, he grew up around the Phoenix, Arizona area. He won the state of Arizona several times in the, uh, in the professional, uh, you know, and also the, uh, amateur rodeo association. You can Google Ivory Snow Cowboy. He made a commercial for Ivory Snow in 1969. That's my father-in-law. I didn't realize it, but when I was 19 years old, uh, my dad was a real estate broker. and He sold Paul Howard 160 acres of land close to my hometown of Jones, Oklahoma. Jones, Oklahoma is about 19 miles northeast of Oklahoma City. There's an amusement park right on I-35 called Frontier City, and I believe Six Flags owns it. And I grew up just five and a half miles east of there. But anyway, dad sold Paul some land and my brother Bart went to sell land for him first. At the time I was doing paint and body work at Bogmore Cadillac. I also have a, uh, I had two vocational trainings. I had FFA and uh, auto body in Botech. And I'd got a job full time in uh, downtown Oklahoma City at Bogmore Cadillac. Great experience. But my brother was selling land for Paul and making some money. He got my attention. And he would tell me about selling land, and I, and I would have dreams that I could see myself selling real estate. Well, this is during the oil boom, 1980, right? 1981 here in Oklahoma. Mm. And I mean, we were booming. And so they had 27 appointments one weekend. The guy that was helping them went on vacation. And my brother Bart said, Paul, I've got a younger brother. He could probably help us. He said, man, bring him down. I need some help. I knew where one subdivision was. I sold 20 acres that weekend. And made more money in, in a weekend. I made all month pounding on fenders. I said, brother, I like this. <laughs> and he said, uh, well, Jackie, your hand. He said, now here's the deal. He said, I come from a family of six boys and six girls. And we fought. So he said, I'm going to hire you. But he said, if you and your brother get in the fight, you go first. I said, yes, sir. I said, you'll never worry about that. But I totally understand. And Paul had a policy. You know, Cowboy was saying, if you have a problem, you nip it in the bud, right? So you, you break, if you got a problem, you you go to his office, you close the door, and you hash it out. Don't let it fester. So I learned that from Paul. Well, Paul's oldest daughter, Paula, she was teaching at a private school. And so we were growing so fast and selling so much land, she quit her job teaching school and come up and started doing our paperwork, you know, the deeds and the mortgages. And what we did, guys, we buy 80 acres or 160 acres. We put it in five-acre tracks. And we'd tote the note for 20 years and we'd carry it for 12% interest. Uh, we'd pay the farmer 10% down, 10% interest for 10 years. And we'd borrow the money at the bank. Because keep in mind, I didn't have any money, so it's all about leverage, right? In the 80s, we'd borrow money at the bank about 14, 16% interest, but it'd be like a five year note. And the premise is at the end of 10 years, everybody's paid off, you got 10, 10 years of mailbox money, right? So good plan. It was going great for a while. We could talk about that here in a minute, what happened. But I got to tell you this funny story. So, you know, Paula taught us that me and Barter were getting fight, you know, and then we got to, you know, I go first. Well, I fell in love with uh, Paul's daughter. Invited me to church. I got my life turned around. Next thing you know, I'm marrying the boss's daughter. <laughs> so it's about a week before we're going to get married. And Bart said, well, Paul, I got to talk to you. He said, what's wrong? He said, well, let's go in your office. And Paul said, okay, man, come in here, shut the door. What's going on? 
You remember when Jackie went to work for you? He said, yeah. You remember what she said if we got to five that he had to go? He said, yeah. Now, let's keep in mind, this is a week from Mary and Paul's daughter. He said, I just want to know if we get in a fight today. Does he still go? He said, you get up. <laughs> <laughs> He's a comedian. You know, we get along great, of course. And so I married the boss's daughter. I got to get in business with Paul. Paul had a third grade education, but he was smarter than most men that I knew. Hmm. And uh, I hope we write a book about him one day. I think it'll be a movie. It's an incredible story. How a guy went from a third grade education uh, a family of 12 boys, you know, I mean, six boys and six girls, 12 children. Uh, he grew up around the Phoenix area and he like picked cotton. He's got a great story. So he was my mentor. And I didn't realize, so I got into a leadership position at the bank, how much I learned as a young man. Because I was just 19 years old when I went to work with him. I spent 11 years with him. We grew. And guys, the best I can tell, I owe close to $2 million in the middle of the 1980s here in Oklahoma. I Googled the other day, it's about three times the worth of today's money. And I'll tell you something interesting, how fast inflation was going back then. We had the Jeep Wagoneers. You kind of see them now. They got the wood paneling on the side. They got leather interior. Well, man, I mean, they were the Cadillac of the day. And they were about 15 grand in 1980, 81, 15% in. Well, actually, Paul paid 14% interest on his in January 1981. He bought a brand new one. My brother, Bart, he bought his in March of 1981. He paid 16% interest on the loan. I'm the lucky guy that bought mine in May of 1981. I paid 18% interest. And uh, and you look back and think, oh, my goodness, just run the numbers on that. That's We borrowed as high as 21% interest at the bank on a, on a development loan. So we were dealing with high interest rates, and but we were booming. And we kept growing, kept buying land, kept growing. And then uh, one time I come in in the news in July 5th of 1982, and the news said that Penn Square Bank shut down where people lined up. I didn't know what that meant. But, oh, my goodness, about three years later, I found out real plain what that meant. The domino effect hit. Took our economy down. In 1986, I remember specifically the bottom fell out. We have an amusement ride at Frontier City. It's like a barrel. And this thing spins like a, like a dryer. And then all of a sudden, the bottom falls out, and you're stuck to the wall. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. And I'm just praying floor, please come back up. And I'm writing a book about that, that experience. Uh, it's uh, hopefully will be out first, you know, sometime next year. I'm in the process of the manuscript and what it is. It's a faith based book of a young entrepreneur that everything outside of my control happened. And I saw God part the Red Sea over and over and over. And I give him all the credit and all the glory. And I hope my hope is it'll be for my kids and my grandkids, my friends, and those of you out there that might be listening today that it looks impossible, it looks hopeless, but I came to tell you there's hope. And there's those will be some stories in there that I hope it inspires. You know, if there's ever a time that we need encouragers, it's the day we live in. There's a lot of people hurting right now. And so I'm glad to be a, a Ziegler uh, legacy coach with Mimi and others. And uh, we need more because there's a lot of people hurting. And I truly in love walking alongside people. Mm-hmm. and help them try to live out their dreams. I'm sure you could have used the Ziegler coach during uh, the 80s bust. Uh, that would have definitely helped you tremendously. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, in writing this book, Abby, that's good you brought that up, Scott. Nobody told me I was supposed to be journaling and writing this stuff down. I was just trying to survive. But you know what's amazing? <laughs> God is letting me remember. It's like I'm having downloads. It's the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. And so. 
You're exactly right, Abby. If I'd had a Zig Ziglar in my life, I didn't hear Zig till 1998. And when I went to work for the bank, there was a lady named Bonnie McCall as vice president. There was a Peter, Peter Love seminar, had all these fabulous speakers. And I'd heard of Zig but of him, but I never had heard him. And he was the first speaker that morning, and he spoke for two hours. And guys, if I was a betting person, I would have bet it was 15 minutes. I've never experienced anything like that. <laughs> of course, I went and bought a set of his Christian motivational tapes. And ever since then, I've been a fan. I've read most of his books, tons of his tapes over and over and over. And he had a most incredible impact on my life. And now I get to work with Mimi and other coaches with, this, with Tom Ziegler, his son, and what an awesome group. And Howard Parkers and a lady named Angie Crellin, all their staff. There's 50 or 60 years of proven content, and it works. And I'm glad to be a part of that team. Are you tired of being in the rat race? Are you tired of trading your time for money? Why is somebody else in control of your retirement? At Wealth Journey, we believe in challenging the status quo of the conventional way of managing money. We believe it's time for you to start winning. Your free 30-minute consultation is waiting for you today. Give me a call at 480-619-2559. That's 480-619-2559. Your success is what we do best. Now back to your life against the grain. How I got into banking is the economy went south and it got where my father-in-law and I could not make a living together. And I had to make a move. Hardest thing I ever did in my life was I love what I did, but it had to do with banking law or uh, tax laws. And I won't go into that today. It's for another time. So the bank hired me to market their other real estate home. They said, Oreo. I said, am I selling cookies? They said, no, you're selling real estate. <laughs> They'd taken back $11 million in real estate. Ugh. And they literally, my office was a mobile home in a little area called Little Axe out east of Norman, Oklahoma. And I went to work, guys, and God gave the increase. And I sold everything that I had in about four and a half years. Hmm. The gentleman that was their agriculture lender was retiring, and they knew I grew up on a farm, so the owner didn't want to lose me. So he pulled me in the bank one day and said, Jackie, he said, uh, we want to hang on to you. So they offered me to be a vice president. I talked to my wife with much prayer and <laughs> coaxing. And, and I told her, I thank God wants me to do this policy. She allowed me to. So I went from there and all of a sudden, and I'm from a little town called Noble, Oklahoma. And, uh, and our main bank was in Purcell, Oklahoma. All of a sudden, people started pouring into to Purcell from Noble. So one day the CEO had called me in, Don Sherman, to the to the his office, he said, Jackie, go find some land. I'm going to build you a bank. So in, so in 2007, we completed a bank and they asked me to manage it. And I became a branch manager and a senior vice president. Not long after that, they invited me to be a director on the bank's board. And I spent, uh, managed the branch there 13 years. My total time was 28 years. And like I said, God started working on my heart. It was time to leave. And he actually started, I went on a 59 and a half mile hike from Payson to Pine, Arizona in April of 2018. And out there in the middle of nowhere, God started working on my heart. And then in September of 2018, he said, it's time. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. So I gave him a year. I left in December, 2019. But let me tell you what happened there at the bank. It turned into what I call a marketplace ministry. And what that means is people would come in the bank 
my front was a banker, but they really were going to get ministered to. Because, you know, a lot of times I couldn't help everybody. And rejection, nobody likes that, right? But I would take the time, and a lot of times I'd show them on their credit what to work on. They'd come back and end up making great customers. See, John Maxwell said people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when we go out looking for others to help, and we care about it, it just makes a difference. I bet that's what made you so successful in every career because you cared about everyone along the way, which ultimately rose you up to the position you are now. I believe that, Abby. And, uh, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if you, if you will just help another, other people get out of life what they want out of life, you can have everything that you want out of life. And I think Zig just took the old rule and kind of worded it in a different way where we can understand it. And when we go out to help others, it just has a way of coming back to us. Amen. Yeah, that's a pretty big leap, I would think. At 28 years, you're kind of sitting pretty pretty, huh? Uh, sitting kind of pretty there, huh, Jackie? And then God yeah. says, time to move on. It sounds like, uh, what did that feel like? Well, I have to say, it was, uh, I really questioned. Uh, I'm sitting there, Lord, is this you? Is it me? But, you know, I think most of us know God's voice when he starts tugging on our heart. And I'll tell you what really got me, Scott and Abby. I was praying one morning in my home office, and the lady that took my position is Margie Keeley. She's phenomenal. She started with me. We worked together 25 years. She was a waitress in the food industry for 20 years. I was a real estate salesman, and God stuck both of us in a bank. It's the most bizarre story. But you know what? We had customer service skills. We had hard, hard work ethic. And so Margie was a great, uh, you know, a great part of my team. And she actually got awarded my position when I left the bank. But she'd given me a, it's a, a scripture. And it's, you know, I like cowboy stuff. I'm a cowboy. And it had cowboys on it. But the scripture was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So I'm praying one morning in my home office. I'm, 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 I got this conversation going on, Scott and Abby. God, is this you? Is it me? And I looked up and there was that poster. And you, what does it say? You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways and knowledge him. Guess what? You shall direct your paths. And I was like the old cowboy. I held my hands up. I said, I surrender. I said, God, I'll do it. I went to the president. He came up to do my evaluation in January of 2019. I said, Steve, I'm going to tell you this, but God's calling me out of the bank. He said, oh. But I said, I want to give you a year. And, you know, they know my conviction. Uh, they did. They said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And most people, like I said, Scott, they could not understand how I could leave such a great gig. Because we've worked really hard. I mean, it's kind of like Zig talks about the water pump, and I had the, I had the water flowing really smooth. <laughs> when God says jump, sometimes you got to jump, and I jumped. So you mentioned a ton of different names. You got Zig Ziglar, Truett Cathy. I believe you said John Maxwell. Um, what, what books would you recommend to our audience that have totally shaped your life into the person you are today? Well, the very first uh, book is the Bible. Amen. And, uh, when I was 19 years old, my other mentor was my wife's grandfather. His name is Lloyd Wilson. He died in 2010. He liked 60 days being 100 years old. He was still watering horses, guys, on our ranch 60 days before he passed away. And I spent the last 12 years of his life eating breakfast with him every morning. The best time I ever spent. When I was 19, I was dating his, uh, his granddaughter. He was always reading the Bible. And I said, Grandpa, read me some scripture. He said, read your own scripture. So I went to read. <laughs> <laughs> the, ne- the next book is Zig Ziglar, See at the Top, Over the Top. Those two books have changed my life. And uh, there's so many. I mean, uh, you know, John Maxwell has so many great books. I've really tapped into him. Uh, I-, I listen to his uh, 
his leadership podcast really has really helped me in my life. Uh, you know, I try to feed my mind with the pure, the power, and the positive. And uh, right now, there's a lot of books on mindset. Uh, I'm, I'm tapped into my mindset by Carol Dweck. It's an amazing book. Talks about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And Dr. Caroline Leaf. Wow. Tap into her, guys. She's got a book, uh, Switch on Your Brain. There's a couple of new books. She just spoke to us at the Ziegler Coaches Summit. What a phenomenal person. And, and to understand how our brain works and you know, the Bible, that's the, that's the battle. Bottom line, Eddie Scott, it's in the mind. Awesome. Those are some great books. I know several of them read them, but others not so much. Jackie, as we wrap up here, we've really enjoyed this conversation, but we do have a little bit of a curveball here for you. Right. Uh, and this question is a question that hit me pretty hard when I was asked at first. And uh, I know you'll kill it. Uh, the question is, who do you want to be a hero to? Jesus Christ. I'll just tell you my why. My why is to inspire and break, bring hope to as many as I possibly can until I change addresses. And then I want to hear my Savior say, well done, enter in. And that's the mission I'm on. I'll be 60 years old, September the 15th of this year. And as long as God will give me time on this earth and breath to breathe, I'm going to be trying to inspire, bring hope, do everything I can to be the person that God called me to be. And I want to leave that legacy. You talked about my dad, Scott, earlier. See, my dad's been gone since 2016. I'm still talking about him. My grandma Liston was a school teacher. She taught phonics in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. She's been gone since 1986. She died at nine years old, went to heaven. And as late as 1998, people would tell me that's the best teacher I ever had. Hmm. That's legacy. And whoever's listening today, leave a legacy and leave an intentional legacy. Don't, don't leave a legacy that you didn't choose. I heard Denzel Washington say, I don't see any hearse pulling U-Hauls. So what are you going to leave? All you're going to leave is the lives you touched and the difference that you made in this life. And we hope that that lives on. Jackie, you belong on a stage. <laughs> You're getting <laughs> us fired up, and uh, it is true. Uh, you are going to live a legacy and leave one, so choose which one you're going to leave. And that's exactly what you're doing, and it's making all the difference. Thank you, Abby and Scott. It's been an honor. If I can ever help any of you, please call me, and uh, I'll, I'll help you any way I can. Wonderful. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. Hey. <laughs> Can't wait to meet you guys. I'll be out in Phoenix in October, and we're going to connect. I'm going to come see you. Sounds great. Take care, country boy. You're doing yeah, great. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you for my new friends. Oh, yeah. God bless. God bless you. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. Thank you, and keep living your legacy. Bye-bye.